0: you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, and I will also be reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 7. So we'll be reading from both Matthew chapter 6 and 2 Chronicles chapter 7 today. Amen. Has the Lord been good to you? Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9, reading through verse number 13, after this manner, therefore pray ye. Amen. I also want to read from 2 Chronicles chapter 7 this morning, and just reading one verse, number 14, and this also is a very familiar passage of Scripture. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I want to speak to you a little while this morning on the subject of prayer, on the subject of prayer, probably not a subject that is any more important to us than the subject of prayer. Right where you are this morning, would you just pray with me and let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, we thank you today for your word. Speak to our hearts today. Let the Word of God speak into our spirit this morning. Lord, accomplish the purpose for which you were sending it today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Prayer is, of course, something that we must constantly strive to maintain and to increase in our lives. I remember talking to Brother Mooney about the subject of prayer several years ago, probably 15 or maybe even 17 years ago. We were discussing the subject of prayer. In the end the discussion of prayer, he said, I have learned that prayer is something that will decline the moment that emphasis is taken off of it. Prayer is something we must constantly be paying attention to, we must constantly be promoting, we must constantly be preaching about, we must constantly be teaching about. But the issue of prayer is that prayer really is one of those subjects that truthfully cannot be taught, but is something that must be caught. We can teach about prayer, and the disciples, of course, ask Jesus, teach us to pray. We misinterpret that because the Lord then gives what we call the Lord's Prayer, and I read that into your hearing this morning, but the issue is not so much how we pray. We spend a lot of time on how we pray. But the issue is not so much on how we pray as much as that we pray. And so we get caught up in the nuances of prayer and in the different styles of prayer. And uh, can I tell you this morning that there's no, uh, there may be ways that is better for me to pray, and you may have a favorite way to pray, but God hears prayer. And my method of prayer and your method of prayer may, be, uh, may differ, but the issue is not how we pray as much as that we pray. Now, I believe that there are times that call for a different form or a different type of prayer. We have taught on prayer. Preachers, teachers, evangelists, ministers in our church have all spoke on the subject of prayer. And every time that we hear the subject of prayer preached or taught, we should always, of course, glean from it, take something from it. Uh, someone this this year uh, was discussing uh, Brother Heron, who during the awakening took a night and preached on intercessory prayer, and it moved us, it affected us, it touched us, and Many people began to work toward developing that type of intercessory prayer, and there were people who adjusted and moved their their schedules around, and people whom uh, I understand are still uh, following through with that, and God bless you for that, and getting up early in the morning, and prayer early in the morning, and he preached and promoted. If you recall, the year before, he was preaching, and he was teaching on the subject of prayer, and he was... Uh, in line with what we uh, had just come through during the 40 days of prayer and fasting in the church. And he was preaching on uh, praying through the tabernacle, and he presented prayer through the tabernacle. These, of course, are different types and styles of praying. It is a different format to follow with prayer. And there's not one right or one wrong. The issue is, is that When Brother Herring preached on praying through the tabernacle, he got folks fired up and praying through the tabernacle. And this year he talked about intercessory prayer, and people got fired up and started praying intercessory prayer. And there's not one way was right and one way was wrong. The issue is is that we got fired up and we were praying. Whatever it takes to get us to pray, men ought always to pray. And prayer is such an important part of our lives. And if we truly understood prayer and what prayer does for us, it would perhaps change us because oftentimes we fail to see what is in prayer for us. And we have become a society uh, of people who seek what's in it for me. What do I get out of it? What am I gaining? If I'm not gaining something, if I'm not getting something, I am not in it. Uh, I I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, That ought to not be. We ought to not be here as a people. Somebody ought to say amen. And we certainly ought to never be here as a church. God never put us in the church to always be asking to receive. Somebody so adequately said a while back that we seek the hand of the Lord, but we don't seek the face of the Lord. We want, we want the performance of God, but we don't want the mind of God. We want the blessings of God, but we don't really want the will of God. And we, we must be very careful because our prayer can become very selfish in that our prayer begins to dictate what God is doing. Our prayer becomes a form of control. We begin to tell God what we need done and what we expect Him to do. How do you think God feels when our prayer is directing the God of this universe on how to operate and work in our lives because it makes us happy? Oh, it's quiet in here this morning. How do you think God feels when we get to the point of of believing that we know better than he knows? That we have a better idea than he has. And that we understand. And the issue is, is that God is looking beyond the short vision that we have. The Bible says he's working everything for our good. He he's not withholding any good thing from us. If he's withholding it from you, it is because it's not good for you, or it's not the right time for you. And so we must be very careful in our prayer to not get caught up in, uh, not get caught up in everything being about us. Now I want to tag in. It's been a, it's been eight or ten weeks I know since. Uh, Brother Herring was here and preached on intercessory prayer, but I want to connect into what he preached on that Sunday when he preached on intercessory prayer because he covered an avenue or an area, arena of intercessory prayer that was uh, praying in the spirit and intercessory prayer in the spirit. Prayers that we did not understand. Praying in the Holy Ghost, if you please. Where we are, somebody asked me last weekend about praying in tongues and and the purpose of praying in tongues. And uh, the best simple explanation that I could give was that when we reach a point that our uh, English vocabulary uh, runs short of being able to adequately express what our heart is wanting to say, And when we reach a point of not being able to communicate with words and we reach a point of not being able to communicate in any other form or fashion, that we move into the arena of the Spirit when we begin to pray in tongues or pray in the Holy Ghost. And in praying in the Holy Ghost, we are speaking, our spirit is speaking to God. And the things that we cannot utter in our English vocabulary that is the heart Uh, the heart of humanity speaking to the heart of God. And so we are in communication with God. It is our spirit communicating with Him, and we often are praying about things, as Brother Herring so adequately said, that we do not even know exactly maybe what we are praying for. In our prayer, we are praying, and if we're sensitive, God will reveal certain things to us. I have not had an opportunity. You're going to hear this story before my son hears the story. I haven't had an opportunity to, to express uh, to him this story. So after service this morning, please don't make light of this to him because he will be caught off guard and not even know what you're talking about. But uh, two weeks ago, we were in Texas two Sundays ago, and uh, Spencer and Dylan preached on a Sunday night. And they were preaching in the church where I preached my very first message. And uh, here they are preaching, tag team preaching. And Dylan went first and then Spencer preached second. And they preached the same subject. They preached on the name of Jesus. And uh, wow, what a powerful move of the Holy Ghost we had. And I told both of them, get ready. We're going to have them do that same thing right here. And so I'm excited about them doing that in the future. We got in the car to go to church, and driving to church that night, I looked at Dylan. Uh, Both of all three of my boys are very different, and I I see some of their strengths and weaknesses, and I know that Spencer is a studier. If you come to our home, many times you will find Spencer in study. Spencer, uh, Spencer studies. He reads. He studies. He spends a lot of time in preparation. He probably has enough sermons already fixed to be able to preach the next 20 years without having to prepare any more messages. He is ahead of the game. He is ready. Anytime Anytime I I can get a cough before church and Spencer's like, Dad, you need me to preach. I said, well, bud, I'd want to give you more time. He said, I don't need more time. I need more opportunities. He's ready to go. And Spencer prays. Dylan is a young man of prayer. Dylan, Dylan's prayer life. Uh, someone said this week, Dylan's prayer life is uh, is astounding to watch him and to, to understand the level of prayer that Dylan uh, that that Dylan has developed in his life. In our home, it is Dylan often that will just disappear from the crowd, disappear from the room. And we will hear noise upstairs, and it will not be a telephone, but it will be Dylan in his room in prayer. And that touches a dad's heart, and he has a deep relationship with the Lord, and all of my boys are gifted in their own ways. But Dylan has a special gift that uh, I have been watching develop, and the Lord speaks to him about things, and he'll often... In in wisdom that the young man uses comes to his mom or I and he will bounce it off of us and say, This is what I'm feeling. This is what the Lord has spoken. And often I will advise him on how to handle what God has spoken into his spirit. We were there, he was getting ready to preach. We are in the car driving to church. And I asked Spencer, Are you ready? He said, I'm ready, Dad. I looked at Dylan, I said, Dylan are you ready? He said, I'm ready, Dad. I said, you studied, you've prepared. You're not shooting off the cuff tonight. And he said, I am ready. And he said, but Dad, I'm troubled in my spirit. And I said, why are you troubled, Dylan? He said, well, today while I was praying, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, the Lord showed me a lady in the church who is expecting a child. And she does not know, but The baby, she has lost the baby. The baby has died. And I feel deeply burdened, and I feel like I need to tell the congregation tonight, and I need to see who that is, and have them come forward, and we need to pray over them. And of course, I told him, Dylan, that is, we don't, you would never do that. Uh, Even if God spoke that to you, be very, very careful. And I explained to him, and his youth. Uh, that we must be very careful. on. That. Those are sensitive issues. And uh, we wouldn't want to send panic to somebody maybe who is completely healthy and has a healthy child. And uh, on top of that, we're this is not a home church, and we don't know the setting, we don't know the people, we don't know the situation. And uh, so we would want to be very careful and not to uh, hurt someone or offend someone or upset someone or make a mess that a pastor's got to try to, Uh, work out after you leave. And uh, he said, well, dad, why would the Lord reveal that to me? And I said, so that you can pray. And what you need to do now, he said, dad, I just, I feel it so strongly. I said, don't. His mom chimed in and supported what I was saying and said, no, don't, don't say anything. But uh, this is a great time of intercessory for intercessory prayer. This is a great time when you may not know who you're praying for, and the Lord may even reveal it to you tonight whom you are praying for. But uh, whether he does or doesn't, in intercessory prayer, you are praying for a need that God has spoken into your spirit. And you can pray for a person that you you may sense and discern in the spirit, or it may be somebody that you have no idea, but you know they are part of the congregation. And uh, the subject was dropped, they preached, great service, we had special prayer, and he didn't mention anything other than just a blanket prayer over the congregation. This week, I, of course, was down, went down working, preparing to get equipment back here for the church project, and on Tuesday uh, evening, my sister-in-law and her daughter came in uh, to the house and... I could see on their countenance that something was wrong, and my brother looked at his wife and said, "Uh, what, what is wrong? And she said, you're not going to believe this. She said, the pastor's daughter, who was three months expecting a baby, went for an ultrasound, and they cannot find a heartbeat. They did a second ultrasound with no heartbeat And it appears that she has lost the baby. Immediately, I called my wife and she reminded me of what Dylan had said. Now, I say this to you because uh, not to glorify or magnify Dylan, but to glorify and magnify the Lord. Because God can speak something into your spirit that you may not even have proof or may not even know what you are praying for, but something in your spirit tells you this is where being sensitive to the spirit is so very important. And so God speaks something into your spirit. You feel a burden. You feel, you feel wow, something just overcame me, and I feel like going to someone and, and praying for them, laying hands on them, agreeing together with them. And this is where we must be very sensitive in the spirit to know that we've got to do that. It may be that the Lord speaks to you about a specific thing that maybe you're not at liberty to speak about or to to bring out, but God can reveal those things to you. And this is where intercessory prayer comes in, in, in a different vein or a different arena than what Brother Heron preached about when he was here preaching. Uh, He talked about praying intercessory prayer being a prayer that you did not understand, you did not know, but there is such a thing as interceding for a need that you are aware of. And I want to spend a few moments this morning to talk, talk to you about that area of intercessory prayer where that we can know that someone has a need or we sense that there is a need or a burden or a load or a, a trouble or sickness and we sense it, we feel it and we go to God in prayer for their situation. And so, therefore, as an intercessor, we are going between as an advocate, if you please. We go between. My father talks about being so sick uh, one time in his early years of ministry, and he could not pray. He said he was so sick that he couldn't hold his head up. He was laying on a bed, burning up with fever. He was unable to, to, to pray, he was unable to speak. He said all he could do was just think, and he would think the name of Jesus, and that's all he could do. He said, I couldn't even put a good thought together to be able to pray some powerful prayer, and uh, he said that we children, of course, I was very, very young at that time, but uh, my siblings and I went into the room where he was. And at that time, we were staying in the back of a church uh, in a uh, what later became a Sunday school room. But at that time, uh, it was a bedroom for our family. And uh, we were staying in the back of the church. And uh, there was a bed there in the back of the church. And uh, the we, we kids went into to where Dad was sick and began to... Uh, agreed together and began to pray for him and began to intercede. That, ladies and gentlemen, is intercessory prayer, where he could not pray for himself, yet we were interceding for him. And we were praying for a need that we were aware of, that we knew about. But we were going uh, to the point of the need. We weren't praying for ourselves. We weren't praying for me. We weren't praying for mine. We weren't praying for my blessing. But we were praying for someone else. I thought it was perfect timing this morning as I saw Brother Coffinberry come to the front. Pardon me for using you this morning as an example. Uh, I saw Brother Coffinberry come to the front this morning, and I saw him lift his hands and the tears streaming down his face. Very evident uh, to me this morning that Brother Coffinberry came forward worshiping God and praising God, but also carrying a very heavy burden and a very heavy load that he brought with him to the, to the, to the altar this morning, if you please, symbolic that he brought brought his load, he brought his burden to the altar this morning in the worship service and just lifted his hand saying, God I, I give it to you and his daughter came and I came over to where he was just praying with him there ladies and gentlemen, this is where that the church must become very sensitive of one another's needs. When we see someone that is burdened and is carrying a load, you may know them well enough to go to them and say, man, uh, I'm praying for you. I'm concerned about you. You may not know them well enough to be able to feel freedom to speak that, whether you can or can't, is immaterial with God because you can go to God and say, Lord, uh, you laid uh, Cameron on my heart this morning. And while I didn't go to him and did not speak it to him, God, I am interceding for him right now, whatever the load is, whatever the need is, whatever the situation is and you begin to pray as an intercessor for a situation you are going between. Now let me take this to the next arena, and that is that we can pray for uh, our city, pray for our community, pray for lost souls that you may not even know who they are. You can pray for the next family that's going to walk in with a broken relationship. You can pray for the next person that's going to walk in the door with a, with a terminal illness. You can pray, and you may not know who they are, you may not understand it, but you are interceding where you are getting in the middle of that situation in prayer, and you are praying that God will make a way for them in their situation. So in uh, the Scripture, in the book of Acts, we find something very consistently taking place in the book of Acts. Uh, we see uh, a lot of things going on in the church, but there is, some, there is a common thread in uh, the book of Acts that we will see that the church came together and the church prayed for the church members. The church prayed for people who were in need. The church prayed for people who were going through trials, going through tests. In Acts chapter 12, uh, you, we read a story about the apostle Peter who was put in jail. If you please, he was put on death row. He was in a situation that seemed to be Hopeless. The apostle was going to lose his life. And the scripture says that prayer was made for him by the saints, and prayer was made without ceasing. That means they didn't have a one hour prayer meeting called. But they came together because the Apostle Peter was in jail and was going to lose his life. And they took that need to God in prayer and they prayed until God answered their prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, could it be that in these last days, that we as an apostolic church that believes in the Word of God and believes in the power of prayer, that we would take prayer for one another, prayer for a brother and sister, prayer for another family? It's not affecting me. It's not going to add to my bank account. It's not going to add to my car. It's not going to add to my home. It's not going to benefit my family. But I am going to be apostolic about my prayer to where I will take my brother's needs to God in prayer like I'm praying for my own self. And I'm not going with a clock and an agenda, but I'm going to pray until God answers my prayer. Prayer was made for the apostle Peter and prayer was made without ceasing of the saints. Could it be in these last days that you and I get so caught up in prayer that we say, you know what? I'm not worried about what I say. I'm not worried about how this sounds, who it impresses or what it benefits from me. But I see a sister carrying a load. I see a child that is wayward and they need to get back in and get right with God. And in the middle of that situation, we take it on ourselves to say, I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I'm going to God in prayer and I'm going to pray until God touches the situation. Prayer was made of the saints without ceasing. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, when we get so caught up in prayer that it begins to actually overcome our very own lives. It is a different type of prayer. I'm preaching to you this morning about doing something in a way that uh, we always preach about prayer, but I'm talking about getting an apostolic attitude about prayer that, that tunes out all of the little um, bless me God kind of prayers and moves us into an arena that it's not about me. I wonder what would happen if we begin to pray for one another like the Bible teaches us to pray for one another. Do you know how you're supposed to deal with your enemies? The Bible didn't say get on Facebook and run them down. The Bible didn't say put little innuendos on Facebook and, and, and have a thrill because you know that you are taking jabs at somebody that you know or reading it and know it's about them. I got a simple way of handling that. Delete. What I am trying to say to you today is that the Lord didn't say get even with them. He didn't say, as a matter of fact, the Bible gives us specific directions to pray, to pray for those that come against us and despitefully use us to pray for those. We are to pray for our neighbors, to pray for our enemies, to pray for those that are against us, to pray for those that oppose us. We are to pray for government leaders. Didn't say agree with them, it said pray for them. We've got to reach a point that we understand that the answer to this end time revival is not going to come through the next president. The answer to end time revival is going to come through the church when we begin to seek His face and pray. Then heaven is going to hear the prayer of the church and then the land will be healed and revival will come. But it's not going to happen until the church begins to pray. Some trust in chariots, some in government, some in elections, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. If the church... Would just pray. I wonder how often we fret over things, carry heavy loads, walk around uh, in in all sorts of uh, of of weariness and 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 worried and fretting over things. Most of the things that we fret about are never going to come to pass any, anyway. Most of the things we worry about. Somebody adequately said it so. I hope I can say this properly this morning, but they said it something like this. It's never really as bad as you expect it to be. And it's rarely as good as they claim it is. Don't fret it. Don't worry about it. When things don't go exactly the way you think it ought to go, you know, we had a service here a while back. I just didn't feel like I did real well. I didn't feel like the service went the way that I would have had it to go. And, and I got to tell you, I take these things so personal. And I was fretting over it, and I was a little frustrated over it. And Monday comes along, and of all Mondays, every friend that has my phone number in his phone uh, list started calling me Monday morning. Hey, man, how's it going? pretty good. You're not interested in how it's going with me. Tell me how it's going with you. (laughs) Man, awesome. You should have seen yesterday. It was just incredible. It was awesome. How did your day go? I'm glad you had a good day. And the enemy can use those moments to beat us up. The truth is it's probably not quite as well as good as what they thought it was. They probably really didn't preach as good as they thought they did. And I probably didn't do quite as bad as what I thought I did. It's somewhere in between. We fret over things and worry over things. Now, I've said this to you before, but I say it again as a reminder and how somebody could have come up with this uh, statistic. I have no earthly idea, but somebody said that about 90 or 95% of the things that we pray for are temporal. We pray for blessings, financial blessings. We pray for physical healings. We pray for things that are affecting us in the here and now. We, we are, they are not eternal prayers only about 5% of the things that we pray for are eternal prayers where we're praying for the salvation in the souls of mankind, that we are praying something that is de- would be detrimental or a or salvation for somebody's soul. And uh, in, and I got to thinking about that, and I believe that may be a fact, that may be true in my own life. I don't know about you, but I find myself going to God in prayer, and my prayers tend to start being god touch my touch my health and he says lose some weight <laughs> and i say god touch my family he says be a better father be a better husband he gives me an answer his words very clear on some of the things I need to do, yet I'm praying and beating God up and saying, bypass your word and do this miracle that I want you to do in my life. When he says, I'm giving you a clear pattern on how to live i giving you a clear pattern on how to have a better marriage, on how to raise your children, on how to have better health. It's all right here in my Word. If you'll just look at it, it's right here in front of you. I've given you, don't ask me to, to, to bypass and do a miracle that overshadows uh, what my, my plan is for your life. What would happen if our prayers shifted and I started going to God in prayer and I started praying for your needs? But I never mention my own to God. Hmm. What would happen if my prayer started with God? I thank you for being God. Thank you for being who you are. And my next vein of prayer is not God. I want to talk to you about my needs. But I started going to him, and I started saying, God, let me talk to you about my, my, about my neighbor. Let me talk to you about my coworker. Let me talk to you about my friend. Let me talk to you about the person that I go to church with. Let me talk to you about the wayward child. Let me talk to you about the health of somebody else. Let me deal with, Lord, let me, I'm asking you, God, would you, I wonder what would break out in our church if, if the saints started praying for the saints like the saints pray for themselves and their own family." I know I'm coming at us real strong this morning, but I just wonder what would happen and the compassion that would come over us. And then, when somebody comes walking to the front of the room carrying a burden, our sensitivity level would be through the roof. And you know what would happen? There would be an immediate response. Oh, man, I got to go pray with them. I got to go lay hands on them. I've got to go carry the burden. I've got to be my brother's keeper. I got to be my sister's handmaiden. I got to be here. I've got to help carry the burden, help carry the load. Because while it appears good on the outside, you don't know what your neighbor is carrying. You don't know what your neighbor has been through. Someone started asking me about a person the other day and about about how they got to where they are and how that how that God began to bless in their life and, and and what was the recipe and what was the, you know, what was the equation for this successful person's life and what got them there. And I was sitting at a table and I had to begin to look at them and I began to answer them. And I've, I've done this many, many times when I was talking to somebody and, I, and, and this was nobody here, so don't, I, I was in Texas when I was having this conversation and they were talking about the success and I looked at this person and I said, well, what you don't know about? them is you don't know their story And he said, well, they appear to always have had a blessed life. They appear to have always been perfect. They appeared that things just have always happened for them. And and what is it in their life that got them to where they were? And I looked at them and I said, you weren't there when they were about to commit suicide. You weren't there when they were molested as a child. You weren't there when they were falsely accused by people. You weren't there when they thought they were going to spend years in jail. You weren't there when they couldn't sleep for weeks on end. You don't know what they were going through and they carried their shoulders high and they walked through it without anybody knowing that they were walking through it and they remained faithful to God when most people would have walked away. Now I'm talking to you about why that person is where they are being used the way they are. It's because of how they handled their trouble and their trial and their tests. The person slid a chair back, looked at me and said, you've got to be kidding me. You're telling me that person has been through all of those things. I said, I'm telling you, they've been through that and more. If you want me to keep sharing with you, I'll share some more things they've been through with you because I want to help you. Ladies and gentlemen, I said that to say the person sitting across the aisle from you in a suit and tie this morning or in a nice dress and their hair's done perfect. You don't know the pain they carry. You don't know the hurt they're carrying. You don't know what's going on in their family. You don't know the load that they're under this morning. You don't know what they walked into this church with today while you're thinking everything is fine and they're putting on a good happy face just doing the best they can to get by. You don't know what your neighbor is going through. You don't know what that person you shook hands with this morning and they smiled and said God bless you. You don't know what they're going through today. I just wonder what would happen if we got so sensitive in the Holy Ghost that we would go to somebody and say, I'm just going to pray for you. I just want to lay hands on you, and I want to feel the burden that you're carrying. I want to pray for your family. I want to pray for the load you're under today. What would happen in the church? What kind of revival would break out? What kind of revival would break out? Because what you don't know Is that in a congregation, even the size of this this morning, there are so many hidden needs in this room that it would blow your mind. As a pastor, I'm privy of some of those needs, and I walk so softly and so gently. I have people come to me sometimes, and they say, Pastor, why do you always apologize when you're preaching? Because I know too much. I'm trying not to hurt somebody and offend somebody, although I need to say something, and I may not even be saying it to them, but something needs to be said. But I know too much. I know what's going on because I minister in the lives of people, and I I know what some of you are going through this morning. God bless you. You're a trooper. You're handling it like a pro. Some of you walk in this morning. You have a smile on your face. You get up on the stage and sing. You, 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 You just act like the world is just good. You worship God, and nobody knows that your bank account is empty, that you're lonely every day of your life. Nobody knows what you're going through. They don't know the hurt and the pain that you're dealing with. I'm trying to to help us this morning to understand that not one in this room is in a place where we could say, nope, I'm good, don't have any need of any prayer. Because if we are, we're self-righteous and we're probably not being honest with God or ourselves. But I would guess in a room this size this morning that most of us today would, would say, yes, I have a need. Yes, I have a situation. Yes. And you know what it would do to you if a sister would come and put their arms around you and begin to earnestly pray for your need. Or a brother would come and say, I'm holding you up. Talking about intercessory prayer this morning. Talking about intercessory prayer today. Right where you are, why don't you just put your hands in the air why don't you just ask the Lord God help me to be sensitive pray it out loud God help me to be sensitive to the needs of this congregation to the needs of my brothers and sisters help me be sensitive help me recognize what we are going through what they are going through don't let me be so caught up God in what I'm facing and what I'm dealing with that I fail to see what they are going through God it's not about me but I want to pray a prayer that is about them it's about the load they're carrying. It's about the hurt that they're feeling in their spirit. In the name of the Lord, let, let your power, let your spirit be able to guide us and lead us today, Lord, to, to pray for one another like we've never prayed for one another before. Somebody lift up your voice in prayer unto the Lord right now. Go ahead and lift up your voice in prayer right now. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you stand with me right where you are. Maybe somebody sitting by you, spouse is sitting by you, brother, sister sitting by you, that you'd just like to reach over and take with a hand or lay a hand on their shoulder this morning. And you'd just like to stop praying one for another right where you are. And just ask God, Lord, don't make this about me. I don't want this to be about me. <laughs> That's it. Why don't you lift up your voice in prayer? Don't be shy about it. You got to be bold about it. If it was if you knew what the need was, you might be more bold. If you knew what the situation was, you might be more powerful in your prayer. Go ahead. Why don't you step into intercessory prayer right now? Why don't you step into intercessory prayer right now? Go ahead and step into intercessory prayer right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, don't be shy. Don't be bashful. Don't be backward about it. Why don't you call on the name of the Lord today? Why don't you call on the name of the Lord today? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maybe a brother or sister in the house this morning would just be willing to step out from where you are and say, you preach to me, Pastor. I want to be more sensitive than I've ever been. I want to be more sensitive than I've ever been. And you want to just make your way to the front of this room right now. You want to just come stand here across the front of this room and just say, God, make me an intercessor. Help me, God, to pray and hold up one another like I never have before. Oh, let's respond to what God is wanting to do in the room this morning. Let's respond to what the Holy Ghost is speaking into our hearts today. Come on, respond to him now. Respond to him now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. That's it. Just respond right now. this would be a good time for somebody this morning to let their sensitivity out today and just walk over to somebody and lay hands on them and start praying for them. Speak in the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus over them. Speak the name of Jesus over them. Bear one another's burdens today. Help them carry the load this morning. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Go ahead, ministers, elders. Altar workers, those of you that know how to pray one for another this morning, why don't you just feel some freedom in the house to step across the aisle and go to somebody, lay hands on them, pray over them this morning. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My Lord. My Lord. Hallelujah. amen hey. My Lord, my Lord, we need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Oh, 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 we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Come on, that's it. Be sensitive to what God is speaking. Be sensitive to what God is speaking this morning. Be sensitive to what God is speaking this morning. If you're in the room and you need prayer, I wouldn't stand back today. I would just make my way right up here to the front of this room and just acknowledge that I need prayer today. I need the help of the Lord today. I need my brothers and sisters to lay hands on me today. I need my pastor to lay hands on me today. God wants to help somebody. God wants to help somebody today. Oh, hallelujah. I feel a deep movement of the Spirit in the room. I feel a deep movement of the Spirit in the room this morning. Be sensitive to Him right now. Be sensitive to Him. Don't resist the Lord. Just say yes to the Lord. Say yes to the Lord say yes to the Lord Oh, yes be sensitive to him come on that's it he knows your uprisings and your down settings he knows the way that you take He composed the the music that you live by. He knows where you are today. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, pray for them like you're praying for your own self. Pray for your, your neighbor's need like you're praying for your own need. Make me a house of prayer Oh